Amen. Well, I just feel like the ugly guy at the prom. I'm just happy to be here. So, uh, thank Pastor Bill's entertained me, and he's said I can play golf. These guys beat me bad yesterday. And so I'm, I got to get a second job because I lost so much money to him. <laughs> We're not betting. I'm just kidding. I'm getting you off the hook, bro. <laughs> but I really enjoyed spending some time with you. And you know, uh, Mark and Amy are some of my great friends and known them for years. And I don't know, you know, I'm a studier of great people. I'm a study of, of excellence and great people. And whether you guys know it or not, you are, have one of the finest ministry couples in America today. You're right here in Boise, Idaho. You're, you really do. And I say that with, uh, you know, just trust me, I've been around this thing, and I've seen, I've seen some good, and I've seen some bad, and I've seen some ugly, and you don't have ugly here. You, you've got amazing ministry people that love God and love you and are committed to you, and so I'm, I'm excited about um, your future and Mark and I, Pastor Mark and I, will be going to the Philippines somewhere at the end of the year here. And I own a house there, and we'll be doing some ministry stuff there. And, and it's, it's a three-story house. It's not very big, but it's a three-story house. <laughs> it's a three-story house. It must be expensive. Yeah, like $65,000 for this three-story house. Uh, <clears throat> but upstairs, when, we're there, when we were there before, there was, uh, our missionary couple was living there on the second story. So upstairs is just two single beds upstairs, and I sleep in one, and Pastor Mark sleeps in the other one. Here we're these big shot ministers that are hearing each other snore and stuff like that. It's, it's crazy. And, and, I, and Pastor Amy, too, I, I heard some stories on the golf course yesterday. She kind of just looks at some of the guys and said, oh, your hair's getting a little long, and they run out and get their hair cut and different things. So she is an amazing person, too, so... You know, so my wife went to Israel recently, and I've got four grandkids, and they're all staying at our house really uh, right now. My son was selling his house, and they didn't want to, four kids under six trying to sell a house, people coming to show it, you got to move out, you know, so they've been staying with us. And so um, my wife, uh, she was in Israel for like 10 days, and had the police knock at the door while she was gone, and they knocked at the door, and... And I'm thinking, hello, sir, what do you, you know? And she's, well, we're doing a wellness check on a lady by the name of Theresa Johnson. Amazon called and said there hasn't been a package here every day. <laughs> so <clears throat> we're doing a wellness check on her. <laughs> Heidi, don't tell her I said that. The Swensons were with us for how many years were you guys with us? 18 years. They were so great people and love these people. Uh, that's a joke, and the reason why it's a joke, and my wife says, "Nah, you're lying. I am lying because the packages still showed up when she was in Israel. <laughs> Luke chapter 7, real quick. <clears throat> I believe I have a message for you that will help you today in my job and Pastor Mark's job and the staff here. Our job, the reason why we exist is to help you receive the blessing of God. That's, I mean, you know, it's, heaven's cool, but how many know we have an earth to contend with? Think about, it, think about this, that the curse is so strong on the earth. Such, we don't even know what it's like to live beyond a curse. A lot of people that die and they go to heaven, they come back and they say, oh my gosh, it's just the most amazing place. I think half of it is because we're no longer under a curse. But think about, think about a situation. Now, I want you to think about this, that, that the world is under a curse, and, that's, and Jesus is going to lift that thing pretty quick. But we're under a curse, and think about that, that you have to spend the average of eight hours a day sleeping to overcome that curse. 
A third of your life is spending resting because the, the world system is pushing you down and breaking your body down every night. And you have to spend a third of your life just resting to overcome that, the earth, uh, the curse on the earth. So this message today is just a little nugget that might help us in our prayer life that I think I've been praying. I I, I'm not going to say I haven't been praying wrongly. I just don't think I have got the fullness out of my prayer life until I got this revelation. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36, it says, There's one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner... When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, stood at his feet behind him, weeping, she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped her with the hair of her head. She kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw, the Pharisee who had invited him and saw, spoke to himself, now so this is kind of just in himself, he's thinking, this man, if he were a prophet, would know what manner of woman this is who's touching him, for she's a sinner. Jesus answered, said, Simon, I have something to say to you. I'll bet he did. <laughs> you know, people, we always look at Jesus as kind of this hippie dude that walked around, peace, love, and, you know, but he's calling people whitewashed sepulchers and, and uh, you know, turning over money. Cha- That's the God that I serve. He's not some bedwet mama's boy. <laughs> That's what we say over there. I don't know what you say over here, but but we're from the state of Washington, by the way, and this is definitely the land of the free and the home of the brave. The Washington state has gone crazy. They've officially gone crazy. And uh, anyway, anyway, I won't go in there because you can't help stupid. But let's move on with life. So it says, and says, so he said, say it. So there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed five denarii and the other 50. When there nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me which one of them would love me, him more. Simon said, I suppose the one who forgave more. He said, you have rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and he said these words. He said these words. He said, do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? Now, I'm not going to read the rest of the verse there for the sake of time. But he says, do you see this woman? Now, here's two major religious leaders of the day. Jesus was the son of God, obviously, and but notice he didn't come from the tribe of, of Levi. I don't have time to go into that, but he didn't come from the tribe of Levi because God had to do a, a new thing. He came from the tribe of Judah. But they were both religious leaders of the day. Jesus was, you know, obviously was gaining notoriety and popularity. And he goes in, he says, do you see this woman? So here's two religious people, and the Pharisee didn't see the woman the way Jesus saw the woman. He saw the woman as a sinner. Jesus saw the potential that she had. Two religious leaders reading the same Bible, reading the same holy writ that we had back then, were reading from the same Bible and, the, and, and meditated and feed upon the same Bible, but one saw the woman from a potential standpoint and a forgiveness standpoint, and the other saw from a judgment standpoint. I submit to you that your ability to see will be the whole difference in your life, your ability to receive from God. Now, that's not my subject. The, what I just talked about is not necessarily the subject, but I just want to talk to you about seeing what you can't see today. One person saw differently than the next person. Your ability to see will be the difference whether you receive from God or not and how you walk in the things of God. 
See, we, oftentimes we think Jesus did miracle working power because he was the son of God. But he, he was actually a prophet under, anointed under the old covenant. And the miracle working power that he did was not because of his godhood. It was because of his manhood. It was because he ministered as a prophet under the old covenant. And the miracles that you saw, Jesus was moved with compassion and healed their sick. But the Pharisees never got moved with compassion. They just looked down upon people. And so the power of God didn't flow out of them because they saw people the wrong way. When you see people, I was playing golf with, played golf with Oral Roberts for four days, just Oral Roberts and I in a golf cart for four days. It was an amazing time. And I asked Oral Roberts, I said, Oral, I said, long story short, I don't have time to go into it, how him and I ended up together. But I said, I want to ask you a question. What was the key to your healing ministry? And the guy, thousands and maybe millions of people got healed under his ministry. I said, what was the key to your healing ministry? And he said, I tried to feel what they felt. I put myself in the pain that they had. I'm I'm paraphrasing now. I put myself in the pain that they had, and the power of God flowed through me. I tried to feel, I tried to see people the way Jesus saw people. Your ability to see will make all the difference in the world. Matter of fact, I submit to you that everything you need, you want, or desire is in your life already waiting for your recognition. Everything you need, want, or desire is in your life right now waiting for your recognition. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8 says this, I'm the Alpha and Omega, I'm the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and was and is to come, Almighty. So he talks about, he said, I'm the Alpha and Omega. Don't let those words fool you. It's just Greek words, or I believe they're Greek words. It says, I'm the, I'm the beginning. Alpha means beginning, and Omega means end. I'm the Alpha and the Omega but what we like to say, human beings, we like to say this. We like to say there's a time frame. It's the beginning and the end. But what he's trying to say here is there's no beginning and end with God. Alpha and omega. He's the alpha and omega at the same time. That's why we have to see something that he sees because he sees the end when you can't see the end. So there might be a situation that you have, and many of us can testify to this, where God led you in a certain direction or a certain pathway or something like that, because he saw the end before you were there. So our ability to see makes a difference in our lives and what we can see. I was reading the scripture in Jeremiah 33. I used the scripture in a prayer time that I had several years. I prayed with some people on Saturday mornings, and I would go down there and pray, and I'd start with the scripture in Jeremiah 33.3, and he says, call unto me, I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you did not know. And for years, I mean, literally that whole time that I spent that time in prayer with those people, I never got the revelation. But he says this in here. He says, call unto me and I will answer you. And this is the interpretation that I've always thought. Call unto me and I'll move in your life. I'll do a miracle in your life. But that's not what he says. He says, call unto me and I'll show you something. I'll reveal something to you. I'll show you something. Call unto me and I'll show you something. The Lord has more about seeing or John chapter 4 and verse 35, he says, Do you not say that there are four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look for the fields, for they're already white for harvest. He was trying to tell us, he's already trying to tell us that the, we're, this is the finished work of Calvary. It's a finished work. Jesus is not going to hang on a cross for you. He doesn't look up there and say, I don't feel like healing you today. I'm just in a bad mood. Had a bad golf game today with Jesus, and I'm just in a bad mood, and I'm not healing you today. This is the finished work of Calvary. 
all the healing, all the prosperity, all the joy, all the peace, everything you ever need, want, or desire is already been provided for you. It's up to us to connect to that where we can see it because if you can see it, you can have it. There's a guy by the name of Zachariah Janssen. I never asked congregations. I did this one time. I asked congregations, says, how many have ever heard of Zachariah, Zachariah Janssen? And people lifted their hands. You know they're lying because they never heard that name. Because everybody, you know, you'd say, how many people want to go to hell? And 16 people would raise their hand because they're just supposed to raise their hand. So I don't ever ask that question. So you're, you're relaxed on that one. But there's a guy that he invented something that, um, that all of us know what the name, once I tell you what the invention is, it's a device that we use today that has literally revolutionized the world. He invented the microscope. The microscope brought things into view that were always there that we didn't know existed because we could delve into a world now by seeing something that was always there that we didn't know. There was a world of bacteria that we couldn't see. So surgeons and things like that and doctors, they'd be on the battlefield. they go work on one guy, you know, just go over here, work on the next guy, and work on the next guy, and our casualty rate is amazing. No, it's the bacteria rate is amazing. You're just transferring. And they got to hold the microscope, and they go, there's bacteria in there. Let's scrub our hands. So now they come out like this, and they do things. Well, why is that? Because somebody found a world that was always there that we couldn't see before. In the spiritual world, I submit to you that there's things in your life that are already there waiting for your recognition that if you can see it, you can have it. So there's so many things, you know, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, sometimes we get dull of hearing. The Bible says we, whom we are, have much to say and hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. Sometimes our, 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 our Christian walk, we get dull, we we don't stay sharp, so we, we quit hearing the things of God and seeing the things of God. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this. He says, the God whose minds the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious light of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. People don't, you know, people don't want to go to hell. You know, they, highway to hell, you know. I'm going to hell, you know, and they, like one of the number one tattoos in the world is something about hell, you know, I'm going to hell, like, but if they had a revelation of hell, they would be, uh, they would beat feet as fast as they could to get out of there. Well, what is, why can't they see it? Because they're, they're blinded. There's an enemy that's trying to blind you. If he's blinding sinners, he's trying to blind saints and so on and so forth, because if you can't see it, you can't have it. So they can't see salvation, but you might not have healing. There was a guy, because of shame, I was thinking about, well, let me move on just a couple more scriptures and then we'll get into that. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, he says, having their understanding darkened, I'm just going to read some of these quick ones, having their understanding darkened, their understanding was darkened, they couldn't see, they couldn't see, if they can't see it, they can't have it. The classic one is Mark chapter 6 and verse 1 through 6, he said, then it, this is Jesus going into his own hometown. Now watch this. This is amazing, amazing uh, narrative here. It says, Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What wisdom is which is given to him that such mighty works were performed by his hands? And they started downgrading him. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of Joseph and Judas and Simon, are not his sisters with us? 
So they were offended at him. Offense brought blinders. Offense brought blinders. So they were offended at him. And he said, she said, and Jesus said, the prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own relatives and his own house. Now watch this. Now the son of God, Jesus, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid hands upon a few sick people and healed them. Now, in most churches, if you lay hands upon a few sick people, you got a landslide. That's like a miracle working Sunday, but not for Jesus. That was out of the ordinary. Just healing a few people was out of the ordinary. But because of their unbelief, they created an atmosphere that they couldn't even get miracles to happen very much because they created an atmosphere. That's why it's important. Let me just say this to you. Sometimes you think you come to church just to come to church. But I tell people at our church, when I was a senior pastor, I'm not anymore, but I would tell them, Come to church with an attitude of praise and worship because you're creating an atmosphere for, the, for Jesus to move. You're not here just to, well, fade me, fade me, fade me. You're here to, I'm going to add my value of worship. I'm going to add my value of belief because it will create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move. But these people missed out on the blessing of God because they simply couldn't see what he was wanting them to see. They didn't recognize him, so the miracle working power didn't happen. John chapter 5, I love this scripture, and I'm still in my introduction. John chapter 5, verse 19. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. <clears throat> then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say unto you, the Son, of, the son can uh, do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. And when he does, the Son who does is like manner. So what does that mean? Jesus did what the Father did. This is what I think he means. This is the interpretation of what I think that verse means. Is Jesus would walk around and he'd be led by the Spirit to heal some. He would be read, led by the Spirit to spit in one guy's eyes or, or, or he'd be led by the Spirit to say, take up your bed and walk because he would see it ahead of time. It's like the Father was already doing it. He would see it ahead of time and then he'd just carry out what he saw the Father do. So the father, in other words, he didn't say, oh, the father's like, I'm, I'm getting a vision from heaven. I'm watching the father do this. He, what he's saying is, I've watched the father already heal this person by vision, by dream, by revelation, by, by the unction of the Holy Spirit. I watched the father do it. Pastor Bill did that. There's a shin, somebody with a shin. I'm praying for you today. See, the father, what he's saying to Pastor Bill is, I'm, I, I'm healing that person. I've healed that person. And he's just the, the, the vessel to point that out. But it's already been done. And our ability to see what others can't see will be the difference in our lives. Last scripture, and then we'll get into today's message. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2. I will hurry through it. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 says, It should come to pass in the last days. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We love the scripture, don't we? Us, us fired up Pentecostals, we love the scripture. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Well, what's going to happen if you pour out your spirit upon all flesh? Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Well, what's prophecy do? It paints a picture of, of ability to see something you couldn't see before. I'm going to show young men see visions. So I'm going to show them vision. And your old men will dream dreams. I've been dreaming dreams my whole life, so I think I just had an old soul my whole life. But I can tell you story after story after story where God showed me in a dream, and I just carried that out, and miracles happen, and different things happen. But the point is just simply, here's the greatest verse we know of about the Spirit being poured out, and it's basically so you'll see something. 
It's basically so you'll grab a hold of something. It's basically so you'll see what other people can't see. Let me give you five quick things that help us, that's helped me over the years keep my lens clean, keep the lens of my life clean. And I believe it was, I believe in some of these Jesus probably did this too, but the first one is you have to walk in love. You have to walk in love. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17, he says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to, what? Comprehend or see with the saints what is the width, the, the length, and the depth, and the height. In Ephesians 5, 12, he says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved as give, given himself as an offering, a sacrifice, or a sweet-smelling aroma. The love walk, my brothers and sisters, helps you see like Jesus sees. I mentioned that Jesus was moved with compassion towards them and healed their sick. Every one of us is going to have an opportunity to pass the test of love. You want the power of God working in your life? You want money flowing in your life? You want the power in your marriage? You want all this? You're going to have to pass the test of the love walk. I'll tell you a couple stories. There was a, there was a guy, a young man, 21 years old, uh, 20, 21 years old, and he was kind of messing around with a 14-year-old girl in our church. <clears throat> well, that's a no-no, you know. Uh, we just, you know, and, and for us, it was like, we're, you know, this is just not going to happen. I mean, I won't tell you the whole story, but I just said, bro, uh, you know, I, I told him, I said, you got to go to a different church or something, but you're not coming here. Not if you have that mentality. And he had a bad attitude. And so he, you know, he left. So his parents were coming to our church and they called me into their house. So we want to have a meeting with you. And I said, fine. So I took my wife with me, big mistake, kind of a mistake. I took with my wife with me, and I'll never forget the words. <clears throat> my wife can verify this, but I sat in those people's living room, and she looked at me like this, and she said, if you were a better pastor, my son wouldn't be doing what he's doing. I wanted to lay hands on her suddenly. <laughs> I wanted to shoot her and tell God she died. I've got some other cute phrases, too, but we might get into the cussing realm, but I won't go do that. And I couldn't believe what she was saying. But I just smiled, and I took it. Jesus was led to the slaughter, and he opened not his mouth. And I passed the love walk test. Now, I could have come on, and I mean, if, I, if you would have known what I wanted to say, and, and I mean, and I haven't passed every test, let me say this. But I passed that test that day, and, and I think, be honest with you, if you want to live a long, healthy, prosperous life, the power of God resides around walking in love towards people more than any one thing. I mean, the reason why I've lasted 40 years in ministry, and now I'm cranking up my real estate business, I'm working with realtors across the nation to help ministry people make money that haven't made money. I'm developing a national team of realtors to help ministry people make money that never made money. So that's my next goal. I've got, I'm, I'm fired up about helping pastors. The, the reason why I'm 63, I'm only 64 years old. I started my church at 23. And I, I still feel like I got, I'm going to buy property at 87. Why not? I'm just going to keep going, man. I'm just going to keep fired up and keep going and, People say, well, I'm retired. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That scares me. 
But I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep loving on people. And the reason why I think I've lasted all these years is because I've walked in love towards people. The greatest thing you can do in the power of God resides around that love walk. But you have to, keep, you have to pass the test every once in a while. And I could tell you 15 stories along that lines, but don't have to. Number two is, number two is there's a prayer that God gives us in Ephesians to help us with this. Paul said, Paul, Paul said this. He said, I, I, I got I to give these people a prayer because they're not going to understand my teaching. They're not going to understand righteousness. They're not going to understand that they're right, they have right standing with God. They're not going to understand it. So he gave us a prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 23. And really, I'll just read verse 17 through 19 on this one. But he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? I prayed this prayer. I used to pray it probably 10, 15 times a week. Now I'm probably down to six or seven times a week I pray this prayer. Because you can't understand. The love of God is so amazing. You can't quite grasp it without revelation. You'll never get it. So he gave us this prayer to keep our eyes open. And to get a hold of this. And I think this has been one of the successes is praying this prayer. There was a guy that, um, there was a guy in our church. And he was, got a hold of this word of faith message. And he was Mr. Confession. You ever been around those people that, it's like, you know, you, you don't want to say, um, man, I got a little cold. Hey, don't say I got a cold. Because, you know, I mean, this guy was like Mr. Mr. Law Confession guy. I mean, he'd almost walk around the church like checking on people, you know. What's your confession there? Well, he got cancer. And, and I went over to his house, and he's, you know, just, I mean, he's just out of it, and he's, you know, he's starting to turn a little gray and different things. And I said, come on, bro. Let's, let's make our confessions. <clears throat> let's believe God. Let's, <clears throat> let's pray. Let's believe God. Let's, let's get up and walk to the mailbox. He said, oh, yeah, Pastor, I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to speak the word. <clears throat> and he would speak the word. And the guy died. And everybody went, oh, that word of faith movement, man, that stuff doesn't work. But before he died, he pulled me aside. He said, Pastor, I have to tell you something. He said, I had an affair on my wife, and I have so, so much shame in my life. He said, as far as I know, you, her, the, the gal that he had an affair with, and, 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 and me are the only three people on earth that know it, as far as I know. And he couldn't get over the shame of his sin. And he couldn't beat that. He couldn't get revelation that God wanted. God is not going to destroy you with cancer because you had an affair. His forgiveness is, if it's based upon your works, I'm in a lot of trouble. If it's based upon my works, I'm in a lot of trouble. But he couldn't get past the fact he couldn't forgive himself, and he died. I'm telling you, you got to have a revelation. you got to pray that prayer. Here's another one. The tithe is another one that helps me see and keeps the windows of heaven open. Malachi says this, will a man rob God? You've robbed you. But you say, what have you robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse. You've robbed me this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. There might be food in my house. And try me now And this, says the Lord. If I'll not open the windows of heaven, pour you out such a blessing and not have room enough to receive it. What does it mean to pour out the windows? Of, what does it mean to open the windows of heaven? Well, 
I look at it this way, and you want to go on Amazon, get my book. It's called The Tithe is Holy. Go on Amazon, buy it. I made a lot of money on that book. I probably made 15 bucks on that book so far. <laughs> and I've given away a thousand of them, you know. It's actually, it's actually in, uh, in Mexico. My buddy's got it printed in Mexico. He said, can I print this in, in Spanish? I said, sure. And I'm thinking, I'll get a royalty check off it. I never got one yet. It's like, he shows me the book. I said, hey, are you selling that thing? Probably sell a million of them in there. But, but um, so the windows of heaven now, so look at, watch this now. Watch this. I was, there was a, a time in my life where my wife and I lived in a pretty nice house, but we lived in a neighborhood. You know one of those neighborhoods where you can reach out to your neighbor through the window and shake their hand? <laughs> but it was a nice house. But we, we, so we wanted some property. So we just said, you know, we, we're believing God for property. And, and I, saw, I just saw this in my spirit. I said, I, I, said, I, don't, I, I don't know how to explain this to my wife, but I said, I see kind of an estate. I call this an estate. What, to me, this is what I call an estate, was, you know, paved dry, tree-lined driveway and a fountain out in front. You know, kind of a, you know, can you picture a state like that? You know, like, like Dallas, you know, that movie, Dal- or the show Dallas, you know, fountain out in front. So I'm, I'm making a long story short, <clears throat> but um, so my buddy just started a heating and air conditioning business, and he was working on this house that was needing repairs. The house had, you know, just uh, was repossessed. It was bad. The place was bad. And he called me up and said, man, you got to come see this house. Uh, it's for sale. I think there's a good deal here. So I said, well, which one is it? And he told me, and I said, I think I know that house. So I, I, I rushed over there, drove across town, rushed over there, five acres, tree-lined driveway, fountain out in front. I said, this is my house. So I called the banker, and I said, bank, I, I want to buy this house. He said, how much? He said, I, I, well, we want 325 for it. This is 20 years ago. I said, well, no, I want to pay you 275 for it. We came at 300 I bought the house. 300 was a stretch for us back then, five acres. Well, okay, so long story short, I didn't know this was going to happen. Didn't even have a clue, but God led me specifically to that house. I thought it was just, oh, it kind of fit what I wanted, like I wanted. But God led me directly to that place for a reason. There's 2,000 houses being built right across the street from me. And they're going to zone mine R10, which is 10 lots per acre in the most expensive city in our county. So I'll get 50 lots. There'll be fourplexes and duplex lots, things like that, at an average of probably... I'm going to say 200, probably 200 to 250,000 per lot. Well, how, why did that happen? Because I'm a tither. The windows of heaven were open, and I saw something that I couldn't see before. The windows of heaven were open. It gave me a view of something I couldn't see before. It made me see something that I couldn't see before. I had no clue God was using me to, to bless me, um, amazingly bless me. I had no clue. But I saw something, the state, what is that? I go by that. I'm thinking I'm going to live there, grandkids, going to stay there the rest of my life, kind of out in the country. I mean, it's kind of out in the country. We, 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 uh, there's property behind us we, we, we hunt on there. there my, my son went after a bear out there. You know, just, that was that kind of property. And now they rezone the whole area. <laughs> I'm going to make a fortune on that place. I'm not, I mean, I'm going to make a fortune on that. More than anybody, more than I could ever ask or think, what, what, what happened? The windows of heaven open, gave me a view that I couldn't see before. Oh, there's that business deal. 
There's that house I need to buy. There's that condo in Mexico I need to just buy that I just did. There's that place. There's that I need to buy. There's that two rental houses I just bought. I didn't see those before. Windows of heaven opened so I could see. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. (laughs) Praying in the Spirit is another one. Number four, praying in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit... And you operate and you pray in the Spirit. There's, you pray those mysteries down upon your life. You pray the mysteries of God down upon your life. And all of a sudden you're walking on there. And, and I've never, I don't do this. When I fast and pray, I don't go into my fast and prayer time expecting God to give me an answer right there. But I do expect an answer. And it's coming. It might be there. It might be a week from now. It might be two weeks from now. But when I pray in the Spirit, I will have an answer. Because He'll enlighten me. And the, and the last one I'm going to share with you is will help you see, is mentors will help you see. People that, are, um, people that are over you in ministry, over you in business, mentors can help you see your blind spots. I have so many, I can't see them. You can't see them. You say, well, I don't have any blind spots. Ask your wife. She knows you do. <laughs> but mentors help you knock the blind spots off your life. You know, I, I tell people this. I say, you know, I'm good at two things, and I can't remember what the second one is. I'm, I'm a pretty good leader. I'm a decent speaker, but I, that's, all I, that's all I've got. So I've got to have people around me that take care of all my spots that I can't see. We are deficient by design. You're deficient by design. You need people in your life. You need mentors in your life to help you and see what you can't see. Today... I want to take a few minutes here, if we could, and just pray for some people. I feel like the Lord, this is what I felt like this, and this is obviously in first service and now second service. But I want to pray for people that are in a dire situation. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying, well, you know, I have a cold that, you know, that kind of stuff. But maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe, maybe your... um, Maybe your finances, are, you're facing bankruptcy. Maybe you're facing a child that's, that's backslidden. You know, my son was kind of dumb his whole 20s. He was a Division I baseball player. If you see my son, man, he's bald-headed, tattooed everywhere. And, and we, just, we would just pray. And we, but we would see, my wife and I would be in the sanctuary, and we'd walk the sanctuary and we would see him. I didn't know he was going to be a preacher. I, didn't, I mean, I thought maybe that could happen, but I, I just wanted to be a productive citizen, to be honest with you. Just, just, just be on the plus side when I die, would you, you know? You guys could testify to this. I mean, he would come, and he'd be respectful, but he was rebellious, man. He drank, and I mean, he just was just not a kind human being in his 20s. And his, and his mom and I, especially her, she'd just walk around, and she'd say, and she'd see him. He'll fulfill the plans, purpose, and destiny of his life. And, and people would come and make sure we knew what he was doing wrong. Oh, they would make sure that we... And I would say, and I would say this to him. I said, well, that's none of my business, isn't it? They said, well, what do you mean? You're his dad. I said, well, it's none of my business because he's going to fulfill the plans, the purpose, and this. And I forced myself to see what you couldn't see. Now he's the senior pastor of our church and he's way nicer than I am, smarter than I am, and will take it way farther than me. And I'm thinking, how did this happen? Because I saw something. Many of you are facing dire situations. I want to I pray for you. 
If you're facing a dire situation, I'm going to pray that Ephesians prayer generically, then I'm just going to lay my hands upon you. And I believe there's something going to happen to you this morning where in the next few days you're going to see something that's going to, you're going to have a direction. You have to look for it, but there's going to be a direction that you're supposed to go that's going to get you out of financial debt. It's going to get you out of this, whatever your situation might be, and it's going to be supernatural. And Pastor Bill is going to be up here reading those testimonies or whoever. I think Amy does that, doesn't she? Pastor Amy does that. She's going to be reading the testimony of your life, how you saw something that changed your life. Because if you can see it, you can have it. So if, you're, if that's you, I want you to get out of your chair and come. The ushers will line you up. We're just going to pray for you really quick. So we got one more service to do, so you got to come. What thou doest, come quickly. What thou doest, do quickly. <clears throat> I'm going to pray this prayer, generic prayer. You're facing something. You're facing something, I know. I sense that you're facing something. Hey, don't despair. Don't despair. God's got this. Don't despair. Okay? Don't despair. God's got this. God's got this. We were facing some situations with our church. We were renting... We'd actually moved out of our building, renting the building we're in, trying to buy it. And I heard they were going to sell it out from underneath, from underneath me. And I was walking in the sanctuary, and I, my stage, was, I, was about, I was walking, I was about right here on my stage. I was about right here. I was walking. And the Lord said to me, he said, I got this. I got this. He whispered it. No, when the Lord speaks to me, normally it's, it's now or never, or so, you know, stern voice. But he said, that's the only time he's ever talked to me like, I got some of you people that say, well, the Lord's asked me to do this. The Lord never asked me to do anything. He tells me to do stuff, and I just do it. But God's got this. God's got this. Amen? I'm just going to lay my hands upon you real quick, and I'm just going to pray that you'll see what you couldn't see before. That's what would be my prayer. I'm going to pray this prayer. I'm going to speak Ephesians over every one of you. So I want you just to lift your hands and receive this right now. As Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, I pray for Life Church. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would grant each one of these people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Lord, and that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. They'd know the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. And gave him to be a head over the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Every demon in hell, every demon spirit that's come against your mind and told you this won't work out, I rebuke it right now. I command it to go right now because they're going to see the glory of God right now. Father, I pray, just see what others can't see right now, what you're supposed to see. See right now in the name of Jesus. See Open their eyes, Father. Open their eyes to see. Open their eyes to see. Open their eyes to see, Father. Open their eyes to see. Open their eyes to see in the name of Jesus. Once I've pray, once i laid hands on you, you probably need to go back to your chair because we've got people behind you there. So open your eyes to see. Unless the Lord's doing something with you, just stay there. Open your eyes to see. Open your eyes to see. Open your eyes to see in the name of Jesus. Open your eyes to see, sir, in the name of Jesus. Open your eyes to see. Open your eye. Oh, I see the tears. I see the tears. Mm. God's the healer. God's the healer. He's the, he's the healer. 
I see the tears. The Lord said, I see the tears. You don't have to be that tough guy. Give that to God in Jesus' name. Open your eyes to see. Open your eyes to see. If you can see it, you can have it. Open your eyes. Open your eyes in the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, it'll be all right. It'll be all right in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to come back and pray from that end. Are we new? Are everybody new here? Father, in the name of Jesus, open their spiritual eyes. Open their spiritual eyes. Open her eyes in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes. Uh, eyes of their understanding. The eyes of their understanding. The eyes of their understanding. The eyes of their understanding. I bind the power of the devil that would blind eyes. Open their eyes right now in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes in Jesus' name. Open their eyes in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Open their eyes in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes. Let them see. Let them see. Open their eyes in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes to see what others can. Open their eyes in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Open. Oh, I see in the realm of the Spirit there's open eyes. (laughs) The enemy's tricked you too long in shame and guilt and And it's brought blinders on your eyes. Open your eyes. We lift that shame and guilt and open your eyes in the name of Jesus. Open them in the name of Jesus. Open your eyes in the name of Jesus. Open your eyes in the name of Jesus. Open your eyes in the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name.